Our scripture reading comes to us from Second Chronicles, beginning in chapter 33 and verse 21. For the context, you've heard of King Hezekiah before. King Hezekiah was a God-fearing king, and then his son Manasseh took over the throne. Uh, he was an ungodly king for most of his life, and then at the end of his life, the Lord saved him when he was in prison. And after him, his son Ammon reigned, and Ammon was also a wicked king. And then after him, his son Josiah became king. And our focus today will be on Josiah, but we'll also bring in Manasseh and Ammon. So we'll read, beginning at verse 21 of, of chapter 33 of Second Chronicles, uh, with Ammon. And then we'll read into chapter 34. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. For Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which his father Manasseh had made, and served them. And he did not humble himself before the Lord as his father Manasseh had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more. And then his servants conspired against him and killed him in his own house. But the, Lord, but, sorry, but the people of the land executed all those who had conspired against King Ammon. And then the people of the land made his son, Josiah, king in his place. And Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places and the wooden images and the carved images and the molded images. They broke down the altars of the Baal in his presence, and the incense altars which were above them he cut down. And the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images, he broke in pieces and made dust of them and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and all around with axes. When he had broken down the altars and the wooden images, had beaten the carved images into powder, and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. In the eighteenth year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, Maaseah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. When they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites who keep the doors had gathered from the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim, from all the remnant of Israel, from all Judah and Benjamin, and which they had brought back to Jerusalem. And then they put it into, in the hand of the foreman, who had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen who worked in the house of the Lord to repair and restore the house. They gave it to the craftsmen and the builders to buy hewn stone and timber for beams, and to floor the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men 
did the work faithfully. Their overseers were Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites, the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam, of the sons of the Kohathites, to supervise. Others of the Levites, all of whom were skillful with instruments of music, were over the burden bearers and were overseers of all who did work in any kind of service. And some of the Levites were scribes, officers, and gatekeepers. Now when they had brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And then Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. So Shaphan carried the book to the king, bringing the king word, saying, All that was committed to your servants they are doing. And they have gathered the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. Then Shaphan, the scribe, told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Thus it happened, when the king heard the words of the law, that he tore his clothes. And then the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the scribe, and Azariah, the servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me. And for those who are left in Israel and Judah, concerning the words of the book that is found, for great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those the king had appointed went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokhath, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they spoke to her to that effect. And she answered them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah, because... They have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, and that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. And therefore my wrath will be poured out on this place and not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God, when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see the calamity which I bring on this place and, in it, and, and its inhabitants. So they brought back word to the king, then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. And then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. 
Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God. And all his days they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. This far our scripture reading for this morning. And our focus this morning will particularly be on the first three verses of this chapter, which we can read again. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sights of the Lord, and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David, and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. Dear congregation, you've all heard of the man named John Newton. And John Newton wrote this about his mother. He said that she made it her chief business and pleasure of her life to instruct me and to bring me up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so by the time he was four-year-old, John Newton, he could write, he could read, he could recite a lot of the questions of the Shorter Catechism along with the Scripture proofs. He could remember Isaac Watts' Shorter Catechism and also his children's hymns, whose mother spent a lot of time instructing him, catechizing him in the home. But then when he was only seven, his mother died. His father remarried and his new stepmother was not as dedicated to him. He felt alone. He began to hang out with other friends and began to walk in the ways of wickedness. And so by the time he was 11, he joined his dad on the ship, and there he was further influenced by sailors. And it seems like everything that his mother had taught him was being forgotten, that he was now beginning to live a life of wickedness. Until he was about 22 years old in 1748 when he was caught in a terrible storm in the ocean and everybody thought their ship would be lost and their lives would be lost. And he cried out unto the Lord and the Lord heard him and the Lord delivered him. And from that time forward he began to seek the Lord in truth. You know that later on he'd write that hymn, Amazing Grace, where he where he tells the story of how God shows that mercy to an unworthy sinner. He calls himself a wretch like me. And so, what what Newton learned in those first seven years from his mother, it stayed with him for the rest of his life. Because he would write later that even though he was living in sin and in wickedness, those words would come back to him. He would remember what he learned, especially in the catechism, he said, It would be in his mind convicting him, even while he was fighting against it and continuing in sin. So when he was young, his mother urged him to seek the Lord while he was still young. She did all she could to teach him in the fear of the Lord. That was her, her life's pleasure, her life's desire, and her life's energy. And so it is here, boys and girls, that we also teach you in the ways of the Lord, including in catechism and in our homes. But we need to remember 
that we cannot give you a new heart. We cannot save you. John Newton's mother could not save him. And so you, young people and old people, you must seek the Lord while you are still young. And that's the title of our sermon today. Seek the Lord while you are still young. And then our first thought is, we must seek the Lord while we're still young, for that very reason I just mentioned, because our parents cannot save us. We must seek the Lord. There's many things that can happen in our life that pull us away from the Lord. And many things will happen. Because we know that Satan seeks to devour whomever he can. He wants to draw children away and keep them away from God. We saw that when John Newton died, there was really no one else to continue teaching him. And there he was, a seven-year-old boy on his own. He would follow his wicked friends, and they would lead him away from God. Those sailors also, but most importantly, what do we struggle with? And children, you know this already too. What's our greatest enemy? It's our own sinful heart. Our own sinful heart that is born at enmity with God. And this is why we need to seek the Lord, because He alone can give us a new heart. He alone can give us a heart that seeks Him. And so really, in this life, there should be nothing that can stop us or that would stop us from seeking the Lord while we are young. We all have different parents. Some of us that have parents that were born, raised in a church, were believers from a young age. And how thankful we must be for that. But we also have people among us who, we have, some of us have parents who were either saved later, later in life, who lived a wicked life first and then the Lord saved them like Manasseh. Or maybe we have parents that are not saved at all. But none of this should stop us from seeking the Lord. Newton had a godly mother but a father who did not really seem to be godly, or a stepmother who was not interested in teaching him in the ways of the Lord. But Newton had to seek the Lord for himself. His godly mother could not save him, but at the same time, his stepmother could not stop him, not prevent him from seeking the Lord. And then here, these chapters that we read, we hear of Manasseh as Josiah's grandfather, he was a wicked king, but the Lord saved him near the end of his life. But he had to learn to seek the Lord for himself. And as Josiah, his father, Ammon, he was a wicked king as well. And only because Manasseh was saved, it did not, Ammon was not saved because Manasseh was saved, but he had to, Ammon was supposed to seek God himself. But he did not. He turned away from the Lord. But here we read about Josiah. And Ammon's life of wickedness did not stop Josiah from seeking the Lord. If we look back in chapter 33, verse 2, it says about Manasseh, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then look at verse 22, his father Ammon, but he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Grandfather and father, it's written of them by God in His Word, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. But now turn to chapter 34 and verse 2. 
Josiah, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And so why did Josiah do what was right in the sight of the Lord? Well, verse 3 goes on to say, For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the Lord. He began to seek the God of his father David. He did not seek after the gods, the idols of his father, but of his father David. David, who is the picture of Christ. David, who, who wrote of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He was the beloved king of Israel. He was called the sweet psalmist of Israel, who wrote these psalms about the Messiah and about the Lord who cares for his people. He was the one who, who wrote the worship for the temple. David is the one who God promised that his seed would sit on the throne forever. This is the, the, David, the God of David that Josiah sought after. Josiah learned to see how short our life can be. His father died when he was only 22 years old, and Josiah was only eight at that time. But that's when Josiah also began to seek the Lord. Was it because he saw the wickedness of his father? Was it because he heard what David said, but he began to seek. And it doesn't happen in a day, children. We don't just suddenly become perfect followers of God, but it says King Josiah began to seek the Lord. And that is why he began to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. And so, children, seek the Lord today while you are still young, or whatever age you are, if you have never begun to seek the Lord, begin to seek Him today. Learn to walk in the ways of the Lord today. These Sunday services and the Sunday school that will start today, these are means to help you, to teach you, to call you. This is where the Lord calls you to seek Him and to follow Him. This is where the Lord promises to, to give you all that you need for time and eternity. And remember, the Lord has placed you in a family, and yet your family can't save you, and your family can't stop you from seeking the Lord. You are called to seek the Lord. But how thankful we must be, children, when the Lord has placed us here in the church, in, under the preaching of His Word, in the families where our parents want to raise you. But regardless of who your parents are, are, the Lord invites you, the Lord calls you today to seek Him with all your heart. And so, children, seek the Lord now. Because Isaiah says, call or seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Ammon hardened his heart. The same call went out to him, but he, he turned away. He saw the wickedness of his father. He saw the consequences of that wickedness. And he also knew of the conversion of his father. How he turned to the Lord, how he humbled himself. But we read that Ammon did not want to humble himself. He did not want to turn to the Lord. He did not want to seek the Lord, but he continued to rebel against God and His Word, and then he died when he was only 24. Not everyone gets a second chance. 
Not everyone gets a long life. Yes, God was patient with Manasseh. He, he ruled for 55 years. 55 years, most of those he was wicked and rebellious. And the Lord would even warn him, and it says that he would not listen in verse 10 of chapter 33. But then the Lord brought the punishment. The Assyrians came and conquered the land. They, they captured him. They put him in prison. And it's in prison that Manasseh began to think about the Lord. And that is where he repented of his sins, it says. And that is also when, the God, when God heard him, and God delivered him, and God restored him. And look at chapter 33, verse 13 with me, children. It says that Manasseh prayed to God, and he received his entreaty. He heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. And then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. And so the question for us today, young people, old people, is when will you believe and when will you know that the Lord, He is God? What does the Lord need to do in your life to make you repent and believe in the name of the Lord? If I look at my own life, I know it's a lot. The Lord has to do a lot to make us repent. But He calls us. And He says, now is the time when you're young to believe, to trust in the Lord. Set your heart to seek the Lord like Josiah did. But then secondly, Seek the Lord while you're young, because it also does not matter what circumstances you grow up in. It does not matter where we are, where we live, or in what circumstances we grow up in, but we must seek the Lord in whatever place the Lord has put us. Where was Josiah born, children? Where was Josiah born? He's in a palace. He was a prince. His grandfather Manasseh was also born in a palace. He was raised under a God-fearing father, Hezekiah. He would have lived in a time where he had everything that he needed. Everything a boy could dream of. Can you imagine living in a palace? He could run around those castle walls. He could see the soldiers with all the armor. But Manasseh also rebelled against God. He chose to turn away from the teachings of his father. But he lived in a godly home. He lived, you could say, in a perfect environment. He had no lack and there was peace. They could afford everything they needed. His father Hezekiah loved the Lord. His father Hezekiah could tell of how the Lord delivered him from the Syrian army that had surrounded his city. His father could tell of how the Lord saved him from that near-death experience he had when he was sick. His father could tell him how the Lord punished him when he became proud. Oh, do you hear the father teaching the children? But Manasseh had the best home to grow up in, but that didn't save him. Remember, parents, we're called to do everything to teach our children, to lead them in the fear of the Lord, but we can't trust in our efforts. 
We can't trust in our own abilities. We can't save them. God alone can save them. God alone can give the increase. And so our trust must be in the God who has given us these means that He would bless them to the hearts of our dear children. He will bless these simple means that He has given. But Manasseh set his heart to do evil. And how it pains the parents when they see their children do that. And yet our hope is in the Lord. And so what is our heart like today? Do you ignore what you hear here in the church or from your parents at home? We ignore it. We forget it. Think about your attitude when you go into Sunday school today and in this coming season or into catechism class. How does your attitude reflect your heart? How you're going to enter that classroom will show if you are seeking the Lord or not. What is your heart seeking after? Is it seeking after God or after this world? Do you choose to disobey, to close your ears to the teaching, to harden your heart against God and rebel? Do you choose to show no interest, make it obviously clear that you don't want to be there? Is that your heart? Or do you go with a willing heart that you want to seek the Lord in your youth? Because God has set us apart from the world. God has given many of you children the sign of baptism on, a, on a, in your forehead, indicating that you are His, that His promises are given to you. He has set you apart from this world to be His chosen people for the very purpose of seeking Him. But would you rather dress and look like the world than a child of God? Would you rather listen to the music of the world and let that fill your heart? instead of the Word of God? Would you rather watch the filth on the internet, on the movies, where they break God's commandment in every minute of that? So I ask you today, who is catechizing you? Who is teaching you? And who are you seeking? Is it social media? Is it Hollywood? Is it the wicked friends of this world who do not know God? Then you're setting your heart against the Lord. You're rebelling against God. Manasseh had the best home. And you have more than Manasseh ever did. Seek the Lord today. What will you do with what you have? Then there's, then there's Ammon. Tables now have been turned. You can say Ammon is now raised in the worst home. Yes, still a prince, still a king, but the most wicked king. His father destroyed the religion not only in the home, but in the whole land. He had caused the people. Verse 9 of 33 says, Manasseh seduced Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Because of Manasseh, the nation of Israel, the people of God, did more evil than the heathens around them. 
and how sad it is when people who grow up in a Christian home rebel against the Word of God and run to do wickedness. It happens that when a child grows up and he rejects the Word of God and the teachings, then it seems like they try to throw off all restraints, everything that would ever hold them back. They go out looking to commit the very sins that their parents says don't, that the Word of God says don't. And they become more sinful than the people around them. They think it a joy and a sport to outdo the neighbors who have never known God and the way they live. And they run to do iniquity. Newton says people spoke of him as the greatest blasphemer. Worse than the other people around him. Outdoing the wicked friends that he followed. And be aware, young people, that if you throw off the restraints that God has placed around you like guardrails, there's no limit to the wickedness that you will commit. I've seen it. Be very afraid when the Lord lets you go and those guardrails are removed. Who is to know if the Lord will ever draw you back from there? Although He can. And he does as he did with Manasseh. But this is the home that Ammon grew, in, grew up in. He saw the wickedness of his father. He witnessed the consequences of the Lord's judgment upon him. He saw and also heard of the grace of God that drew him out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay. And he saw or heard of how Manasseh repented and humbled himself before the Lord. He saw how the Lord delivered him out of prison and restored him to king. It's a grace in his heart. But Ammon refused to humble himself, the word of God says. He turned against the Lord to do wickedly. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 23 says, Ammon trespassed more and more. He sinned more and more. He increases guilt between, before God more and more. He did not seek the Lord. And so I ask you today, what is your heart set on? What path are you beginning to follow? Josiah began to seek the Lord. Are you beginning to seek the Lord are you, or are you continuing to depart from the Lord? Because it might look like you've only departed a small way, but it's the direction that's the problem because you will continue in that way. Where are you rebelling against God where you know, it is, where you know what is right? Maybe God saved your parents, like here with Ammon and Manasseh, but you refuse to turn to the Lord yourself. You want to continue in your own way because that seems more appealing to you. I'm not a stranger to that. But seek the Lord. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, Remember now, thy Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult times come, and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. 
Ammon showed he had no pleasure in the ways of the Lord. And you and me, do you love the Lord? Do you have pleasure in the ways of the Lord? In seeking Him? In learning about Him? Or do you turn that around and, and you try to blame God and say, God, it's your fault. This is, this is a circumstance I've grown up in. How can I trust in you now? Maybe you're angry at God with what's happened in your life or the things that you have to live with. Unhappy with these circumstances. But this is the exact home that Josiah grew up in. Josiah did not have a good role model. He had about the worst father figure there was. And fathers, we have such a great impact on our children and how and an influence on how they will grow up. And yet, even these circumstances, even this father could not prevent Josiah from beginning to seek the Lord. And so despite your circumstances, set your heart to seek the Lord today. When you are young, or if you're already old, when you're old, but today, do you want to seek the Lord? But you find it so difficult? Know from this that there is nothing, nothing that can stop you from seeking the Lord. The Lord is there calling you. The Lord's arms are open in Jesus Christ to receive you. And there's no one in this world that can prevent and stop you. But we have another example we can compare Josiah to, and now if you heard that last week from David. David and Josiah really grew up in two opposite situations, didn't they? David was born out in the field, or in his home, but he, he lived on a sheep farm. But he was not too proud to do the work of a lowly shepherd boy. But the Lord blessed him in it. Those days in the field you heard also last year, it was, it was a time to learn. A time to learn how to play the harp. A time to learn how to sing. Gifts that God would later use. David would later write many psalms. He would defeat Goliath with his sling. And later he'd even become a king to rule the country. And so David started off as a lowly, unknown shepherd boy, and he'd become the king of Israel, of whom it is said that he was a man after God's own heart. The people loved him. The people were united to him. And so these circumstances of David's life did not prevent him from seeking the Lord. And Josiah was born in a palace. He also was not too proud. He was a humble man, especially for a young king, like Josiah, he could have decided that, that he had all the power, that he could do whatever we want. And that can be the challenge in our hearts, isn't it, children, that, that we want to do what we want ourselves. We want to do our own will. Maybe you don't agree with everything your parents tell you or want you to do. And then you think, well, soon I'll be an adult, then I can do what I want. That's what Ammon did. But Josiah didn't have to wait very long. At eight years old, he became king. And as king, you'd think you can do as you want. 
but it says indeed that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Somehow he learned the ways of the Lord, even though his father and grandfather had lived in wickedness. Was it his mother? His grandmother? His great-grandfather Hezekiah? Was there some sort of Sunday school, Sabbath school he went to, or catechism? We know that Manasseh had repaired a temple at the end of his life and commanded the people to worship God, and so it's likely Josiah saw that. The temple was close to the palace, so maybe as Josiah was walking on those palace walls, he could, he could see the, palace, the, the temple even from a young age. He could hear the singing of the Psalms of David. He could hear the prayers of the priests. And so instead of going his own way, Josiah, verse 3 says, began to seek the God of his father, David. And he spent those early years learning, learning about God, learning how to live as a young boy in the fear of the Lord. And so it was a few years later that the Lord used him to begin to clean up the nation, to turn the country back to God. And that brings us then to our third thought. Seek the Lord while you're still young, because it doesn't matter in what time period of history that you were born. It doesn't matter what time of history we live in. We must all seek the same Lord. We must all seek Him in the same place as Josiah did. That's in His Word. We must seek the same Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, Josiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And so how do you know if you're walking in the ways of the Lord, children? How do you know if you're not straying to the right or to the left? And how do we know that Ammon, his father, did what was evil? Well, from God's Word. Just like we check the road map to make sure we're heading in the right direction, God's Word is like a road map for our soul. And so where did Josiah begin to learn to, to know the Lord and to walk in His ways? Well, they would have had part of the Old Testament... Not the whole Old Testament was written yet, but they had the books of Moses, and later on you can, we read about how they found those old books again in the temple that were hidden for so many years. Those would be the first five books of Moses, the Pentateuch. But they would also have the Psalms of David, which were likely still singing in the temple even then. They would have had the writings of Solomon likely, and maybe some others. And so even though now we live about 2,600 years later than Josiah did, or 3,000 after David, we also must seek the God of David. We must seek the same God, the same way that Josiah did, which is in the same Bible. The same God who gave His Word all those years ago is still the same God who gives you His Word today. And that's what coming to church and coming to Sunday school is all about, isn't it? It's about seeking the God of David in His Word through his means, worshiping this God of David in the same way that David did, singing the Psalms of David. So Josiah would have heard these near to his palace. 
these psalms that spoke of the great shepherd of Israel, that rock of our salvation. Psalm 95 teaches us to come with thanksgiving into his presence, to enter his courts with praise, to he calls us to come even with that joyful noise, to make a joyful noise of thanksgiving and come before his presence. And so to walk in the ways of David is to sing praises unto God, to give him the glory and to obey his word. And that's also why we sing these psalms. That's why we have you learn the psalms. So that it can fill our hearts and minds with the praises of God. That's what the Bible tells us. Let your minds, your hearts be, be filled with songs, with psalms. And that's how we then can come into the courts of God with thanksgiving. To sing these praises. To give Him the glory as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are you walking in the ways of David and Josiah? Do you sing praise? Did you come into his presence with thanksgiving? Is that how you came into church this morning? With thanksgiving? Or maybe not yet. Maybe it was more with a, with a heavy heart. With the questions, with the burdens of the hearts. Well, still that, that invitation still comes. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Psalm 95 says, For He is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Can you imagine Josiah walking there, maybe hearing those, those songs? Maybe that's what touched his heart. These psalms that, that resonate with his heart and these, these questions of the soul. And maybe if you came into church today with that burden, with that question, how, how can I be saved? How can I praise God? How can I know the joy of the Lord? Well, they're all found here in these psalms. And so David expresses many of these questions, the anxieties, the perplexities of the soul, the struggles, the pains, the griefs. And every time it points us where? It points us to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who can heal our brokenheartedness, the one who can take away that guilt and shame of sin, the one who can take off that weight that weighs us down, the one who can cause rejoicing and gladness in the soul. The one who can lift up our eyes into heaven, our helper. It's the same word that you need today. Christ, the rock of our salvation. Josiah only had fragments of the Old Testament, but you have the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation to show how the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, to show how he died on the cross to pay for the sins of sinners for the sins of young people, of old people, to pay for the sins of people like Manasseh who, who rejected God all their life, but when they repented, the Lord heard and delivered him. And then to see that your sins are there nailed on the cross, taken away, and that the arms of God are open to receive you, no matter what your life has been like. And he says, come. Little children, come to the Lord and be saved. Old people, Manassas, who have lived in wickedness, come and be washed whiter than snow. Maybe you still say, why? Why would God ever save someone like me? Well, if he can save Manasseh, he can save you. Or maybe you say today, yes, pastor, I heard that before. But it's the same. I don't want to go to Sunday school. 
I don't even want to be here in church. Is that what your heart says today? Well, then I say thanks for being honest. Because that is how we are all born. We are born with a heart at enmity with God. With a heart that says, I do not want to listen to God. I don't want to learn about God. But this is exactly why you must seek the Lord now. Because it's only God who can give you a new heart. It's only the Lord who can save you. May Asa have to be brought down into the depths of misery and guilt in prison before he would turn to the Lord. And yet the Lord saved him. Josiah sought the Lord when he was eight. When he was just a young boy, he began to seek the Lord and look what the Lord did with his life. And so the Lord can save you, whoever you are today. No matter what you have done or where your life is currently or whatever sins you are stuck in now, the Lord can break those chains and set you free. The Lord can give you a heart that would seek Him and love Him and follow Him all the days of your life. This is the Lord, the Almighty God, who sent His Son into the world to die for sinners like you and me. And so now, there's Manasseh, there's Josiah, and there's David, and they're all in heaven singing these praises to God forever. And this is the rest that God promises to you, to those who would seek Him today. But the same psalm, Psalm 95, which we will sing after the service, also warns us not to continue to rebel against the Lord when we hear His voice. His voice that is speaking to us through His Word Psalm 95, verse 7 says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. And this is comparing us, of course, to Israel, how they hardened their hearts, and the Lord had to punish them as He punished Manasseh. Josiah saw what happened to his father who rebelled at 24 years old, cut off. And maybe the Lord did that even to encourage Josiah to seek the Lord. But Ammon, is not in heaven. Ammon is in hell. Ammon can never repent. Ammon can never sing the praises of God. Ammon never has a chance again to seek the Lord while he is young, because for Ammon it is too late, and I don't want it to be too late for any of you here today, because you are still in the land of the living. And the Lord says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. But seek Him. Seek Him and be saved. Because if you rebel, there's only two options. If you rebel, there's only two options. The Lord showed both of us both options here in these stories. The first is Manasseh. The Lord punished him, brought him to prison, to the depth of depravity in this world, until he repented. It brought him to repentance, to see his need for God, to see his utter misery in this world, to show us that only God can save us. And how good it is if the Lord would do that to us. But secondly, the other option, if God does not stop us, 
The second option is eternal punishment, as with Ammon, where it will be forever too late to ever repent and turn to the Lord again. So today, that same, call, people, the same God calls you, young people. Today, this God still seeks and saves through the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, this God still leads you in the path of the Lord that David and, and Josiah followed. And today, the Lord still gives His Holy Spirit to turn our sinful hearts from our rebellion against God to turn to seek God. And that is what we so desperately need. And today, God still promises you rest for your souls. And this is why we preach. This is why it's a joy to be here again today with you, to be able to bring you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we put in the energy and the effort in Sunday school, and we're so, so thankful to the Lord for the many people, many children in our Sunday school this year, and the many volunteers to help. And this is all done to help you seek the Lord, to learn to know about the Lord. But children, you must seek the Lord. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to leave you with this thought. Of Ammon it was written, in verse 22 of chapter 33, But he did evil in the sight of the Lord. But of Josiah it is written, in verse 2, chapter 34, and he did which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, those are God's words, forever written in his word, his word that endures forever. And the question I want to leave with you, children, and everyone here today, what will God write at the end of your life in his book forever? What will be the last words before he gives a final judgment of you if you will go to heaven or hell? What will be written of your life? He or she did evil in the sight of the Lord, or he or she did that which was right in the sight of the Lord.